0: Alright, welcome everybody.
1: Welcome, welcome to the Freedom Series. Woohoo! How many are ready for some freedom in your life? Woohoo, me too. Let's get rid too. of some
0: baggage and bondage. Yep, yep, and yep, yep. Habits and nasty things that cling to us. Nobody likes cling-ons.
1: No, we don't. get rid of
0: all that stuff. So,
1: So let me just kind of, I don't know about you, but I kind of like to know, okay, give me the 411. What's this going to look like? So, can I give you the 411? This is what tonight's going to look like. So, no, we're not doing worship tonight. Oh, and by the way, welcome online. We are so glad you joined us. So Um, glad.
0: Thank you for tuning in. But that means... Y'all got to be here that are here. Don't just say, oh, they do this online, I can stay home. No, we c- No, you can't. Got to be here.
1: <laughs> well, and um, so what What these are going to look like is we are taking basically what we would say are eight things, and we are making them into four sessions because we value your time. And so we are endeavoring to cover two major topics of things that we need freedom from in our lives Uh, Every one of the four nights, so we're covering eight in four. So in order to do that, we are going to be teaching right off the bat, and then we're going to be moving into ministry time and praying over whatever you need prayer over in your personal life. We want you to walk away from tonight on freedom from the subjects that we are covering tonight. How many know we're covering tonight? Yes, pride is one of them, and fear, pride and fear. and uh,
0: Well, let's get right into it. Let's uh, get our Bibles up. Okay,
1: you got your Bibles? Say, this is my Bible.
0: This is my Bible.
1: I can have.
0: I can have. What it says I can have. What it says
1: I can have. I can do. I can do. What it says I can do. What it says I can do. And I am what it says I am. What
0: it says I am. All right, we're going to get some freedom. Start out the year I'm ready to pray. Free. pray. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for this time together. Lord, that this time is not wasted time. This time is beneficial. Yes. It is fruitful. It is helpful. And Lord, we become more close to you, and in doing so, things in our life that uh, just been hanging on drop off, and we walk in a new level of freedom this year. So, Father, we just ask for your anointing in our hearts and our minds to receive and understand, process, and uh, walk out of this place place. different than the way we came in. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. Amen.
0: All right. So, we are here to talk about, like you've been saying, stuff that uh, has been in our lives. And a lot of times as we go through life, we just pick up stuff that uh, we buy into the world philosophies and things that really aren't godly, but we just kind of adopt those into our everyday life. And And some of these
1: happen through circumstances, really hard circumstances, and they creep into our lives. I know as I was studying for this, I started seeing, even your pastors, I was like, okay, I need to take care of that. And they creep into our lives from, because life happens. And life is not just all peaches and cream. And so sometimes as we go through life, we pick some things up along the way. We go through, I mean, even next week, do y'all know what next week is about? It's about abuse and purity, tough topics. But I am, we things happen in life and we don't realize that we've kind of adopted some things on our lives and we're trying to go through life in a godly manner. I believe that every one of you that has come tonight, and I believe most of you that are watching me online, your heart longs to serve Christ. Your heart longs for God. Am I right? But as we are endeavoring to live this godly life, there are things that creep in that God really wants us to have some freedom from.
0: And so the enemy, he's always there to bring deception and lies into our life. And so freedom comes from God, comes through his word and understanding it, processing it, putting it into practice in our lives. And so we want to give some new meanings to some things. We
1: want to replace the lies of the enemy with the truth of God's word. Can you say that with me? Let's replace the lies from the enemy with the word
0: of God. And we all know John chapter eight verse thirty-two that says the Jesus is telling that uh, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Boom, boom. There it is. So let's
1: get some truth in us so we can have some more freedom in us. We want to root out all that, and, and uh, so let's talk about let's talk about what is the spirit of pride. Let's dive right into pride. Uh, the spirit of pride really opposes everything. Come on in, guys. Come on in. It opposes the spirit of Jesus because Jesus was the opposite of pride. Jesus walked in humility, and and Jesus did not take on that pride. But But the spirit of pride, the definition of it, is worship of oneself. Now, I know we all think, well, that's not me. I could never... But, you know, when you're putting yourself above other things, the spirit of pride creeps in.
0: And, uh, <laughs> you know, just the spirit of humans can do anything, and we can become our own uh, gods. And, but, you know, sometimes we don't use that word like we're our own god. No. But sometimes we, we just, you know, we forget to pray because we don't feel like we need to.
1: Okay, Boom. Say that again.
0: We forget to pray. It's not on our priorities. And uh, so we think we are. We think we got everything under control. And there's seasons in life where everything might be running smooth. But without our connection to God, we are walking in a level of pride that we're, by our actions or our lack of actions, we're telling God, I don't need you. Not that it's on purpose. It's just a subtle thing that creeps in. And that's one of the things where humility says, I have a a dependency upon God. I need the Lord in my life.
1: You know, that was not in our notes. But that was where I got convicted on my own in my study time. I don't know how you brought that up. Because I didn't even put that, I didn't add that to the notes. Because I I was kind of trying to keep that between me and God. Well, when I
0: was thinking... Of everything that I could say and how powerful I could speak (laughs) see how I just shows up you know know, it's 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 literally we need to understand that we need to walk in a spirit of humility
1: I had to repent Uh, and ask God to forgive me because the times that I haven't come to him I realized was me thinking I've got it how stupid are we seriously that's called pride
0: Okay. C.S. Lewis, a quote from C.S. Lewis, the author of Narnia. Uh, Through pride, the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every vice. It's the complete anti-God state of mind. Yeah. Or just not having God, being God conscious would be another way. But pride is really what got the devil in trouble. It's who, how he became who he is. You know, just thinking about, I just got to say this, but thinking about Pride month, June. You know, we celebrate Christmas on one day, New Year's is one day, Fourth of July is one day, Veterans Day is one day, but when we celebrate pride, it's not one day, because pride wouldn't be satisfied with just one day. Pride would take a whole month. You know, it's it's like it's self explanatory in it just it cracks me
1: up. So James four six says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you, but I want grace. Do you want grace? Cause, so we got to figure out how to find the different areas in our life where it might have crept in and we have allowed it to creep in. Um, you know, we were talking a little funny story. <clears throat> um, I, I'll let you tell on yourself. You wanted to tell this story.
0: Uh, this summer, the Grazians had an usher's. Barbecue at their house and just wanted to talk to everybody and get everybody on the same page And so they had a list of things they wanted to accomplish and and in the process. They had this uh, Barbecue dinner prepared for everybody and so I'm talking I'm yakking away with somebody and Sterling taps me and she goes "Uh, it's it's they want to pray and so My pride pride just rose up out of nowhere and uh, I just blurted out, oh, okay. And then I just prayed. I he just prayed. Just,
1: he goes, oh, okay, Heavenly Father. And Tom is over there like, Tom was waiting to pray. And I'm like, oopsie. But I felt
0: bad afterwards. And like, you know, you weren't the one that was going to pray. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, "Ah." Oh. And so, you know, I just stepped in and just... Took care of business, but <laughs> you know it's learning to be humility. It being asked would be the proper protocol, <laughs> you know. If you're not asked, don't step forward. And um, and I'm in someone else's home and their property, and I just did what I thought I would do at church or something. And so, um, you know, I just a little pride failure right there.
1: <laughs> so, so let's talk about ways that pride will manifest. So pride manifests through the lust for power. Selfish. Have you ever been selfish? That's, that's really pride. We're
0: born selfish. I mean, we come out of the womb. <laughs> womb, Mine, mine, mine. You know, mine. Me,
1: me, me. Mine, mine. Uh, the self-centered approach to life. In other words, life's all about you. It's all about me. Um, <laughs> competition. Are Anybody competitive in here? It can also lead to pride. I hate that part because I've always said I was competitive, and then I'm studying, and I'm like, oh, nuts. Okay. Um, How about comparing yourself to someone else? Oh, that's not pride. Yes, it is. Pride says, am I as good as them? Or, well, I'm better than them at least. Comparing yourself is a form of pride.
0: Can I just interject a spiritual truth right there? Go for it. Um there's religions that and it creeps into Christianity, but a lot of times we want to measure our spiritual spirituality. And so but if anybody measures their spirituality to the true measurement of Jesus Christ, we all fall short. But when we look at in a religious sense, well I've done this, check that box. I've done that spiritually. Check that box. I've prayed. I've read. I've gone to church. I've given a tithe. I told somebody about Jesus. I'm doing a good job. You know, that's how pride can even come into the church. Right. I'm worshiping God with my hands raised. They're not. You know, it's just dumb stuff that can come into our heart that has no room for it. You just take care of you. Let God deal with other people about Growing in Christ or not growing right. in Christ. It's none right. of our business. But it can come in in our endeavoring to become better Christians. Pride can come in because we start measuring and comparing.
1: And uh, like you said, that's a, there's a level of pride in that. Yeah. And how about striving for you want to advance in your career or advance at school. and But there becomes all of a sudden this selfish motive underlying it. There's a selfishness there. And then, uh, how about jealousy? Jealousy can turn into pride. You're jealous of somebody else. Your pride is creeping in. They have this. So they get to do that. They get to go here, and you're jealous of them. And it's your pride. Like, well, I deserve that. Has your brain ever told you I deserve that? I am I the only one? Boy, you are also spiritual in here. My goodness. But yeah, you know, a long life's journey, I've went, you know, I think I deserve that. Well, what is that? It's a form of pride. I want to get rid of that. I don't know about you, but I don't want that in my life. I don't want it. And how about anger? Anger is often present when pride is present. You get angry because somebody else got this or somebody else got that, and you feel that anger or you feel your blood pressure rising those are all forms of pride,
0: and they're all found in the characteristics of Satan. Yeah. So, um, should we go back and forth on some of these? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so, just kind of listen to some of these, and uh, don't point out to the person sitting maybe, next to you.
1: Maybe maybe close your eyes for a second. Okay, I want you to just close your eyes, and we're going to ask you a question. And you, with your eyes closed, you go, Burst does it. that, like, prick you? Like, oh, maybe I need to look at that. Okay? Here we go. Are we going down this way? Okay. Let's go down this okay. way.
0: Okay. Am I easily offended?
1: Am I independent?
0: Do I have little or no dependence on the Holy Spirit?
1: Is my life marked by strife or division?
0: Do I have trouble with authority?
1: Do I struggle with repentance?
0: Am I unwilling to admit wrongdoing?
1: Am I self-exalting?
0: Do I receive criticism or correction well?
1: Do I quickly turn criticism back on the other person? Am I fueled by impatience? Okay, open your eyes. Those are tough questions, aren't they? Those are tough questions. And here's the thing that pride does is like, oh, man,
0: so-and-so has got three of those. (laughs) (laughs) I wish they were here right now. I wish so-and-so was here.
1: No, you don't. God put you here. God has you listening to this right now. You are the one God is wanting to get some freedom. So, you know, if any of those struck a chord with you, I believe that God wants to free you from some of those things that struck a chord. Like if something went, oh, maybe, yeah, then God's going, can I, can we work on that? Can we get you free from that in 2024? You know, I'd like, I'd like you not, walking in that direction anymore
0: you know and we all know this to be true the first rule of getting free of anything is admitting there's an issue and if we're sitting here and and pride is working in our life and we're just like i'm not gonna deal with that bingo but you gotta have a spirit of humility just going into this That, you know, there's some things going on in me that aren't quite 100% right. And maybe there are some things, you know, pride just goes, I'm good. I heard that. I'm fine. (laughs) You know, So, so. Well, let's
1: talk about if we don't, what are the consequences if we decide to just pretend those things aren't there tonight? Let's talk about that. What will that do? Pride will rob you of experiencing all that God has for you. Now, I'm pretty sure every one of us want all of God. But pride will rob you. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be robbed. Anybody like to be robbed of anything? I don't like thievery. I don't like like that feeling of if somebody has taken something that they shouldn't have taken, it feels like you were violated, right? Well, pride robs you of the life God has for you. I believe that there are a lot of things that God has right ready for a lot of individuals that they never tap into in this lifetime because of pride. And you know how I know that? Through the word of God. There are individuals who God would speak things and then you see, I'm going through the Old Testament and and I don't know about you, but it's so easy to read other people's life stories and go, why were you so stupid? Does anybody else do that when you're reading the Bible? I'm like, seriously? Did you not listen? But yet we live this life and we're going through right now and we're going to dive even more. I got to read Proverbs 16, 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And that's what we see over and over in the stories of the Bible is they got a little bit of pride, and what did they do? They fell. A little bit of pride, kaboom. I mean, and you're going after a lot of kabooms. You're like, get the picture, people.
0: And that really is the cycle of the Old Testament. Pride, they didn't need God, didn't want God, fall, cry out to God, help, forgive us, you know. It's this vicious circle. And so our objective is to stay Uh, away from pride and allow God to do his work because when God when we're not being robbed allowing pride to rob us there's favor there's mercy there's grace uh, his blessing um, answered prayers so this is a good thing to get far away from
1: that's right okay we are tracking good we're gonna dive into the second thing So, we'll come back to, at the end, we're going to be praying over, asking God to help us with pride, and number two, what is number two we're covering tonight? Fear. Fear Fear is a huge subject, and going to take some time as we unpackage this one. Um, It's a topic that every one of us in this room has had to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, the Bible,
0: someone said there's 365 thou shalt not fears, in the bible one for every day so um it's a thing that uh god wants us to have a dependency and fear and pride kind of uh go together when we have god's love in our heart so strong fear erodes and so we need to get rid of the pride so fear can go as well and so let's get into some of these things so
1: for fun, so for, for really quick, I want you to stand up because I, I don't want anybody sleeping on this night. Stand up for a sec. So we I might know, stand up, like... sit down, you know, all that. So for fun, we looked up all the fears and phobias. Do you know that culturally there are a lot? So we just jotted down a few, and we're not going to even try to pronounce them. But what I am going to do is just rattle Maybe a off. What?
0: Maybe we'll have to do a couple of them.
1: Uh, You can try. I'm not.
0: It will be a try for sure. It
1: would be a try. But here is some of the fears. So these are literally people have phobias and fears over some of these. Okay? Are you ready? The fear of spiders. The fear of heights. The fear of being poisoned. The fear of being afraid. Can you believe that? Okay, try to pronounce that one, because that's just funny.
0: Uh, phobophobia.
1: Phobophobia. There you go. Yeah, that one was pretty easy to pronounce. Okay, there's a fear of chopsticks. And yeah, right. Fear of the color yellow or the word yellow. Fear of beards. Now, that's just funny. <clears throat> As he's growing another one.
0: Maybe you dabble in that a
1: little Maybe bit. Maybe I dabble in that. No. no, you're just you so know? good looking with a clean, clean face.
0: Fear of cockroaches.
1: Okay, now that one could be real. I had to meet a cockroach in Tulsa. That was not fun. The
0: fear of the number 13. Mm. And I get, just got to say this one. See if you can figure out what it is. Banana Bananaophobia. <laughs> the fear of bananas. And I just got to say this one. Hippopotamus equipped, bilophobia. The fear of long words.
1: Okay, you can sit down. <laughs> we just got to keep you, keep you awake on an evening after a long day at work. Okay, but you know, as crazy as that is and as we laugh at like who would be afraid of the word yellow, you know, some of that stuff is just crazy. We all have dealt with fear in some sort of another Um, however fear in some instances is a good thing in fact the bible even talks about a good thing now if you've ever how many have ever read your bible and read where it said the fear of the lord is a good thing anybody ever read that okay it's in there quite a bit It's not meaning the kind of fear of, I'm so scared, I'm I'm in terror, I'm in panic, I can't believe it. You know, that kind of fear as the Webster's. What's the Webster's definition of fear? I think we have it. Um, I don't know. You jumped. I jumped. Okay, well, we'll get to that definition. But the fear that is in the Bible where it's the good thing. Is a reverence kind of
0: fear. It's a reverence and it's, a, it's an awe of the power. Have you ever been at the ocean and you just look at the power of the ocean, the tides and stuff? It's, it's like you're in awe of it <clears throat> because it's so powerful. But when it comes to God, there needs to be a, a reverence of he is very powerful.
1: and uh, And that's a and, good fear. Yes. To be so in awe and reverent. Of God. And that's another whole sermon in itself that we won't go into because that is a great topic that does need to be discussed because sometimes I think over the decades we've lost that. That reverence for God has been sometimes um, thrown out the window and it's not to be thrown out the window. God wants you to reverence, quote, fear Him. And it's in the Word all over the place. Um, another healthy fear is. Just being able to fear like when you're supposed to fear like the oven is hot and you shouldn't touch it. Like the common sense kind of fear, that's a good kind of fear. Like a little kid learns really fast that if he touches a burning stove, that is something to fear. Not not that he's scared of it, but like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. So those are healthy kind of fears, but the majority of all that encompasses fear, is not healthy,
0: and that's why the Bible talks a lot about it. So, Proverbs chapter nine, verse ten, you kind of quoted it: "the The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding." So, as we want to grow in wisdom and be wise, the first requirement is to have a healthy fear of who God is.
1: In Proverbs fourteen twenty six. Also following up on that, those who fear the Lord or reverence. So whenever you see the word fear with Lord, you could put the word reverence. Our uh, culture doesn't think of fear and reverence as the same because this is being translated. But really, you could translate it. Those who reverence the Lord are secure. He will be a place of refuge for their children.
0: And so, yeah. So the here definition. We go. I knew we were getting to yep. Webster's. The, it is defined by Webster as dread, terror, fright, timidity, apprehension, and worry.
1: Oh, let's say them again. Let's uh, say them again. Dread. Let's say them really slow. Do you dread anything? Terror, That's a fear. Terror. Do you terror? Fright. Are you frightful? Anybody frightful? Now when? Timidity. Timidity has to do with fear. If you think, I'm just timid. Well, timid means I'm probably fearful of the other person, how they're going to view me, how they're going to look at me, what they're going to think of me. So I'd rather just not talk. I'd rather just be like timid. But timidity, the root of timidity is usually you're just fearful of what the other person thinks of you. Do you see how we get to the root of some things? Okay, what else is there? Apprehension. You're too scared to to move forward. And worry. Worry also could be panic attacks. I mean, there's a lot of things that we we say in our culture nowadays that have become like, okay. Like, it's just common. But the root of it is where we want to go. Like... Let's take care of the root problem, and it will help a lot of these things in our lives. That's right. And fear is one of those things
0: that God absolutely does not want in our lives because it steals our peace. It takes our joy from us, puts a frown on our face. And so God wants you to be blessed, happy. Uh, He wants you to be a person that can rejoice in all things. When trials come, you're not worried. You have a confident hope in God to get you through any and every circumstance. And so fear is in direct opposition to the Lord. So let's look at a guy in the Bible named Elijah who kind of great man of God. Everybody say Elijah. Elijah.
1: Say it one more time. Elijah.
0: Okay. Great man of God. He's a model in so many ways, but there was a point in his life where he dabbled into this uh, thing of fear, and uh, we just want to just talk about it and use it as so a so we're, we're in first Kings
1: us. 19, but I have a homework assignment for you. I want you to study first Kings 18 and 19, those two chapters this week. But let's talk about what so we're going to start in, in 19 where he is afraid in verse 3. So, how many have ever heard of Elijah? <clears throat> Okay, how many know that he was a great, great prophet man of God, right? So, in chapter 19, verse 3, it Eli- says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. Fear had really gripped this man of God. He's a prophet. He's, I mean, honestly, I don't think any of us in this room would think, oh, I've got, I, I've got it on Elijah. I mean, Elijah was a incredible man of God, and yet
0: he was a very bold man. I mean, a, he,
1: he was extremely bold. He
0: confronted the culture of his day that was into idol worship, and he's like, Psh, "Let's just have a showdown right here."
1: Okay, well, that's in chapter 18. <clears throat> so let's talk about that. What? So, so here let's let's explain what's happening in chapter. It's kind of like
0: a cowboy western thing. High noon. Let's meet out in the OK corral and. And you show up, see if your God can do this, and if can't, he'll die. And so, and if your God can I'll die. And
1: so. Well, it did. It, it, that is exactly it. In chapter 18, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Elijah was really tired of the evil, which was Jezebel and King Ahab. Anybody ever heard of Jezebel? Well, anybody ma- married their, to King anybody, Ahab.
0: You know, nobody names their daughters Jezebel. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a name scratched off. The <laughs> That's off the baby, baby list. Baby name <laughs> list.
1: So King Ahab was married to Jezebel, and they did everything evil that they possibly could. So that was who was ruling. So Elijah did have a showdown in chapter 18. Elijah was determined. I'm going to show who the true God is, and so he does this whole builds an altar. And if you remember the story, or if he, as you study it this week, he puts a bunch of water in the troughs around it. He's like dumping water all over it. And he's like, we're going to see if your God is God or my God's God. And so then he prays for the fire to come down. And well, first they start and they're praying and praying and praying. And it's kind of a funny story because I believe this is when Elijah says, is your God on the toilet? I mean, it doesn't. some of your translations won't say toilet. It'll say on the pot or something like that. It, it, I mean, he was kind of a, he was an interesting dude. He's like, yeah, what's going on? Is he going to the toilet or nothing's happening over there? So then finally it's his turn, and they didn't drench everything with water, but Elijah's like, no, we're going to show who God is, and he drenches it with the water, and fire comes down and burns it all up, and they're all like, whoa. And then also in that same chapter, we sing this song here, guys. You know, we sing the song, There is a Cloud. That is the same chapter when they were in the middle of a drought. And, and Elijah goes over here and he's like, he tells his, his guy, go start praying for rain. And the guy keeps coming back and go, there's nothing, there's nothing. finally he goes, I see a, I see a little cloud about the size of a, a fist. And Elijah's like, good, keep praying that out. that that, that, that's rain and we sing about it there is a cloud so all of that amazing stuff happens in chapter 18 and then in chapter 19 and there's been so many sermons on this but in chapter 19 we're like where did the man of God go because in verse 3 he's running for his life because Jezebel said I want him dead and he's like he ran and he hid he was really in fear so we as we were praying and studying god started showing us something you want me to share it one of the things that we get into fear from <laughs> is unfulfilled expectations Elijah expected that Jezebel and Ahab were going to be dethroned and that evil was not going to reign anymore. But that didn't happen. His God still showed up. His God still did protect him, right? But all of a sudden when his unfulfilled what he thought was going to happen didn't happen, he ran for his life in fear. I can't count how many times in my life when I have really expected something to go one way and it didn't go that one way. And then I have to deal with the fear of, is this really going to be fulfilled or is it going to be unfulfilled the way I thought it was? I thought it was supposed to go like this. And it didn't go that way. Man, when I started studying that about his unfulfilled expectation and how unchecked if we don't un- if we don't check that in our life we can go down a path that isn't good and it's one of those things
0: that can literally shipwreck our faith yeah and uh, so Elijah was kind of in a vulnerable place actually he was in uh, a place where some scholars think he was even suicidal it's like if things don't go and it and it, he dabbled in pride a little bit there, too, because he's like, if things don't go the way I want them to go or yeah. expect them to go, I don't want to live. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a crazy story. Yeah. But let's pick it up in First Kings 19, 14. Uh, right. Uh, Elijah replies, I. Everyone say I. I. Hmm. That's an issue right there. <laughs> Elijah replies, I have zealously served the Lord. Now he's bringing up. He's. He's. You know, he's padding his excuses and why God should do what he thinks he should do. I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel, and now he's throwing other people in the under the bus, <laughs> in prayer. <laughs> and we laugh at that, but, you know, hello, <laughs> we're human too. But the people of Israel have broken the covenant with God. I am the only one left, And now they are trying to kill me, too. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness.
1: Okay. Do y'all see that he has to go back the same way and that he had to go through the wilderness? Did you catch that? So first off, we see there's two things going on here. There is a spirit of pride going on because we see the eye syndrome happening. I have been the only one serving you. They have not. You know, there's a comparison thing going on here. They, they're nothing. They ha, they're, forget them, God. I have been faithful, and you didn't make it go the way I thought you were supposed to do it. Yeah. Do we get possibly trapped by the enemy in saying those same things today? We, we, come on, people. This is where we live. We want it to go this way, and when it doesn't, how, how many have ever heard someone be blaming God? It happens all the time. When their unfulfilled expectation or unfulfilled whatever doesn't happen the way they thought it should, they, they, they like point a finger at God.
0: And, you know, God's got a funny way of dealing with this and it's kind of you can see this thread and this pattern throughout the bible that if we uh don't pass tests, we get to repeat them. So God told Elijah go back the way you, you came. came. In other words, what's God saying? You failed, buddy, but I'm going to give you another opportunity. So you got to pass this you test. You got to pass it. Yeah. And God's a God of grace and mercy and but sometimes having to revisit The lesson again and again and again can get tiresome, but he does a good job. So
1: Satan is doing something to Elijah here that he still does today, and that is getting Elijah to think that he was all alone. Because the tactic is still today. Satan will still tell us, no one knows what you're going through. No one else has ever dealt with this. You've got it so bad. No nobody else has got it as bad as as you. Those are things that the enemy will bombard your brain with all the time to get you into a place of total fear and his control. He's got you. If he can get you into the eye syndrome, he's got you trapped.
0: So God says in verse 18 Yet I will preserve seven thousand or I will preserve seven thousand others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him, the idol. And so a little bit of humble pie there to Elijah is like, Oh, you're the only one? Well, there's seven thousand others, dude. So get off get over your That's a
1: big difference. You know, Elijah's saying there's no one else but me and God goes, Well, actually there's seven thousand do the math. But that's what we do. Come on. We do it too. Uh, How many have ever had a pity party? My hand is raised. My hand is raised. And a pity party, you want to like stake your case in your brain. Like, woe is me. And that's exactly what Elijah did. And God's going, I'm sorry, buddy. But, you know, there's 7,000 others who never, they never worship Baal either. You know, I think I know. You think you're the only one, but you're not, man. Don't don't you love just exposing the devil? I mean, that is how the devil works. And when we expose him, he's going ah nuts.
0: And sometimes he (laughs) just overplays his hand, and and so you kind of got to be looking for him to just. Be obvious, and if you got eyes to see, you can just like, I know what you're doing here. Okay, I thought this was a bad coincidence, but this is the enemy trying to trip me up here. And so the enemy will come and he will whisper lies to us, and these are r- real common, and it's the fear of inagu- inadequacy.
1: Let's have them close their eyes for a second. Let's do that again. Everyone, close Come your on, eyes. I want you to think. I want you to think for a minute, and let's volley back and forth on these. So you said the fear of inadequacy. In other words, have you ever felt like I'm not good enough and I never will be?
0: The fear of uncertainty. Those whispers of doubt that things aren't going to work out.
1: How about the fear of the unknown? Oh, my goodness, the worst is about to happen.
0: The fear of failure that you will never succeed or you Sense that you're a loser.
1: How about the fear of rejection? They don't really love me. I don't think they like me at all.
0: The fear of missing out. Missing out on some of the best moments. Didn't get invited to those things. The FOMO syndrome.
1: How about the fear of change? This is a horrible new season in my life and I'm scared of it.
0: The fear of being judged that you won't fit in and they will say things about you behind your back.
1: And the last one is you fear in, you fill in the blank, the fear of blank, what voice wants to whisper to you? So open your eyes to that. Man, those are tough. Those are tough questions. What whispers to you? Fear has an ugly whisper and it gets in here and it whispers things to our brain. You know, you you hit on FOMO and I got to go back to that because we laugh about fear of missing out. I mean, I've laughed about it, but FOMO is a real thing because there are some people who get so fearful that they're not going to be at every party. And if they're not invited to everything, they think that they're, nobody likes me anymore. It's like, Come on. You know how freeing it is to realize you don't need to be at everything? Seriously, that is a free. When I got to the place in my life where I realized there's a freedom in not realizing I have to be at everything, there is a freedom in that. You don't want FOMO in your life. You don't want to feel like, oh, if I wasn't invited, they don't like me. That's called fear, and that's called the enemy talking right here. Don't let him do that to you. You're a child of God. You are a son. You are a daughter of the king of kings. You don't have to be at everything. Who cares? Stay home and enjoy a little relaxation. Really? I mean, sometimes I really look forward to that.
0: 2 Timothy 1, seven, one of my favorite scriptures because, believe it or not, the fear of getting in front of people like y'all. <laughs> I, I owned know. that one. And so, before I would get up to speak or been in front of people, I would quote this to myself. Second Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us, and I would just put me, a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And uh, that Let's is Let's repeat that and thing. put,
1: I want you to put your name in it. I want you to repeat it out live. And where you get to, for God has not given us, Get when you get to the us, say your name. Here we go. For, for God, God has, has, has not, not given, given start." Greg. A spirit, a spirit of, of fear, fear, but of power, power and, and of love and, love and a and sound mind. And fear, if not dealt with,
0: will manifest in our life where we want to try and control a situation. And uh, so we get into weird manipulative tactics and throw tantrums and different things show up uh, because fear is kind of the pushing that agenda in our life.
1: So this could be like you might end up being what the world would call a controlling person, right? Mm -hmm. Really what it is is a spirit of control. You want to control things because fear is the root. Remember what I talked about? We're going to the roots. So if you are like, well, I could be sometimes a little controlling. Well, the root of that is fear. You're fearful of possibly, and here's some things, where the the root comes you might be fearful of losing a position or a title or influence and therefore because you're fearful of losing that position you start to control whatever you can control because you don't want to lose that position or that title anybody seen this on the jobs hello Politics. politics in school I mean dear lord in high school I saw this all the time people wanted to be the the athlete wanted to be the jock wanted to be on the student body wanted to be the cheerleader I mean everybody wants the position the title but then when they don't get it they start grasping for control I got to control this person and that person vote for me vote for me we see it in politics. We're about ready to see a lot of it here in this year. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come down. Hang on, and it, folks. The root comes. of it, though, is the fear of I might lose my position or I might not get the position. It's fear.
0: Fear of losing resources and, you know, finances and material belongings. You know, those are real. So we try to control things. Fear of losing a reputation. Fear of losing relationships. So try to control and manipulate things. Mm. These, are, these are real and everyday things. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that spirit of control or the spirit of fear opens up the door for the spirit of control. And that spirit of control, it, it can start small, but if you don't get a grip on it or get it checked, it'll grow. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. Pretty soon it's crept into a lot of areas of your life.
0: Man. And they're not a good, it's, it's these not, are not good for not, relationships. We
1: need freedom from that. We need freedom from that. I, I, I got to say it again. The spirit of fear, if not dealt with, bursts the spirit of control. You might want to write that one down. The spirit of fear, if not dealt with, bursts the spirit of control. You will want to start trying to control everything you can. You'll be grasping for things you can take control of.
0: You know, if we're walking with fear in our lives, if we're walking with pride in our life and it becomes pretty common for us, we're familiar with them. Uh, <laughs> called familiar spirits. Not that you got a demon or anything like that. But it just robs you of peace. Uh, robs you of the joy of life. Yeah. And the joy that wa- God wants to give you. And... We need to get rid of these things, the pride and fear in our lives, because it makes us an unhappy person. And sometimes we wonder why we're not happy. Some of these can be the root causes of those things in our life.
1: So let's, let's dive into how do we break off these things. So maybe the Holy Spirit has pricked us on a, a, a something. So now what do we do about this? We're like, okay, I felt a little like, yeah, that might be me. You touched on something. So now the question we have to pose to you is, how do I get free from this? What do I do? What what are some practical things from the Word of God that we can do to be able to get freedom from this?
0: (laughs) It's easy to say, but it's hard to do.
1: Yeah.
0: It's lose control. Jesus said it this way. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Paul said it. You must crucify yourself to, to really live. Jesus said you will lose your life if you try to keep it, but you will find your life if you lose it. And what he's saying is give your, all your worries, all your concerns to me. All the things that you're striving for in life, give them to me. Rest in me about your finances. Rest in me about your worries, your health, your relationships. Give them over to me and quit trying to work so hard to make all these things work. Not that God's against work. God's all for work. But sometimes we can work in the wrong way in the ways of manipulating situations. And so we need to give him full control and ownership. You know, this is mine. This is mine. I got this. I do that. But, you know, in your heart, you just need to go, you know, God's blessed me with this, a job, a home, a car, clothes, whatever, a vacation, you know, if it wasn't for the grace of God. But sometimes we just take ownership of everything. My kids. Well, you're just a steward of those kids because they're going to leave your home one day. And so you're just stewarding them. And so sometimes we just got to go, God, it's all yours. Help me steward the things you've given me. You know, that just takes so much pressure off. Like I said, it's easy to say, But it's hard to do in reality, and it's part of your daily spiritual warfare. Um,
1: You know, when we're talking about fear, everybody stand up for a minute. When we're talking about fear, what comes to your brain as the opposite of it? Faith, courage, confidence. Those are all good answers, but the truth of the matter is it is trusting in God's love and accepting his love that will cause you to get rid of fear. Just telling yourself I got to have faith is not going to do it. You've got to be able to fully understand God loves me so much that I can trust him. I don't I can step back. I don't have to be in control. I can step back and let God be in front. Because God's got me because God loves me that much. Many times we're like, oh, yeah, I know God loves me. But do you really? Because if you know God loves you so much that he wants to take care of you, if he loves you so much, can you trust him? Because if you trust him, you can step back and go, I don't have to be in charge I don't have to be so controlling over everything. I can trust him. I don't... See how when you trust him and you step back, fear has to step back. All of a sudden, you're not fearful anymore because you've allowed God, God's love, to be front and center. Sit for a minute.
0: Can I just share a little story? So I got two older brothers. There's three of us. I'm the youngest. And... uh, when I was a little guy, there was a movie out about the invisible man, and uh, it scared me. And so you go to bed on that, and you're just like, there's somebody in the house that I can't see, you know. And not only that, but it was, uh, I was getting introduced to Bigfoot. And so my brothers, uh, we'd go out in the woods, and they'd be like, hey, I just saw Bigfoot's print. You know, and they didn't, but, you know, they're just telling me. And and uh, so, and then I began talking to them, and then uh, they said the Bigfoot is also the invisible man. (laughs) And he likes to sleep under beds. So, I mean, I owned this fear. Bigfoot is under my bed at night, you know. And so, um, I'm having this anxiety and panic attack, and, and so, Dad! Mom! You know, I'm crying in the middle of the night and keeping everybody awake, and so... Um, my dad and mom were big proponents. We gave you a bed. You're going to sleep in it. You're not going to be in our room. So that was not an option for me. So, <clears throat> But my dad came in and uh, looked at me, and he addressed my fear. He goes, Greg, there is no way anybody's going to get in this house unless they get past me. And there's nothing under your bed. There is no invisible man except invisible angels guarding you as you sleep i love you so much as my son that i'm not going to allow anything to harm you if there's something that scares you in the middle of night that wakes you up you hear a noise or something you call my name and i'll be in your room so he addressed my fear and that gave me peace do you know your heavenly father loves you so much that he wants to have that exact same role in your life that that fear has got to go through god first give it to him and let him his peace and his love just rest in that god
1: loves me the thing i'm fear doesn't have a chance against god 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. You know, I don't know if, if that verse now has a little new meaning to you. When I've talked about the opposite of fear is not necessarily faith, it is love. Because if you trust in God's love for you, fear has to take a back seat you know, the truth is God is love, and the truth is also God is peace. So John fourteen twenty seven says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the world gives, so don't be troubled or afraid. That's a good verse for you to memorize. Stick it up on uh, you know, on your rear view mirror on the side of your car. Put it on the mirror when you're getting ready in the morning. That is a great verse to memorize. I'm leaving you a gift. Jesus said this. Peace of mind and heart and the peace I give isn't like the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. Our Father in heaven loves us that much. He wants to give us peace. Romans eight fifteen. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again. What are we talking about in this freedom series? Getting rid of this bondage. You didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You received the spirit of what? Adoption. Of whom we can cry out, Abba, Father. Like you had, your dad said, just call my name. That's who you run to when fear has any form in your life. You cry out, Abba, Father, you love me. Help me now. There is nothing wrong with saying, God, I need you right now. I have prayed that prayer many times. God, I need you right now. The last two months, I said that prayer quite a few times in the middle of a lot, when I didn't have time to have a big, lengthy, long prayer. I'm in the middle of a hospital. I'm in the middle of making split decisions with a doctor who's coming in to talk to me for three or four minutes about whether, what do we do with this? You sometimes have to pray fast. God, I need you right now. There is no fear in me. I will not fear whatever they tell me, but there is a spirit of faith in me to know exactly what to do, to have the spirit of wisdom in me because, Abba, Father, you love me right now. I was in the middle of a hospital and had another individual walk in that was just grieving, but that grief lent them to call me repeatedly names because I was the one that had to make the tough choices. I didn't have time to do a long prayer, and I did not allow those names to cause fear in me this time. I'm not saying I've been perfect. There have been other times when this certain individual has said things to me that did cause fear. But this particular time, I was prayed up and ready, and I felt like the words just rolled right off of me. I had the peace of God in me. Not that I had time for a big lengthy prayer again, but when those attacks are coming and they're just pointing a finger at you and they're, they're grieving, but they I was the punching bag. I don't know if you've ever been a punching bag, but I was the punching bag of their grief. And when those attacks come, I felt the peace, not fear. But peace of God. I literally could feel it just roll off. And I smiled at him and I said, you can call me whatever name you want to call me. But I'm okay right now. And I ha- we have to make some tough calls. Those things happen in our lives. You're called names and you don't have time for long, lengthy. But in, under my breath, I was just, oh, Jesus, help me. Help me now. Jesus wants to free us from feeling that fear when others attack.
0: And God wants us to be filled with his peace and his love so fear and pride can melt away. And this is a thing that gives us confidence to live life with our head up, shoulders back. We can face each day that God's got you. God's with you. God's for you. God's not against you. The Bible says, if God be for you, then what? Who can be yeah. against us? Yeah. And so that's the level God wants to raise us up to, that there's a confidence to live life boldly, courageously, without fear, without pride. We got God. And with God, I'm looking at Pastor Terry. Quote, he says, You and God are a majority. You're more than enough. And allowing that love to give you the confidence that your boast is in the Lord, not in you. Look at what the Lord has done. Look at what the Lord's going to do. I stand strong because of him. Look at what he got me out of in the past. And if he did that then, and if he did it for them, he'll do it for me. God is good.
1: One last scripture. Let's do it. And we're going to start praying. You can keep that music going. Psalms 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. So why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger. So why should I tremble? Why should we be filled with fear? Why should we be filled with pride? I don't know about you, but... Even after some things that I went through the last two months, we got away, you know, as you know, for a few days right after Christmas. And I cried a lot of tears of grief of missing my brother. But I also had to let go of some things that I'm like, I don't, as we were studying all of this, I'm like, you know, when you go through things in life, the enemy wants to put a little like little seed in right here. And if you don't take care of that, that seed begins to grow and it's not a good seed. So even things that can be said over you or said to you, they're seeds and you got to take care of that. You got to get rid of those seeds from the enemy and tell him, no, there's no fear in me. And I'm getting rid of pride tonight too. I'm not all that in a bag of chips and i'm not allowing that fear to have any place in me and with that i'm not i'm not i don't need to be in control i'm going to allow god to have front and center would you stand
0: you know we're we're just humans life happens people do things offenses The media, we're just talking about the weather and the media's pushes, you know, fear, weather, you know, we got, we're all going to die this weekend because it's going to be so cold and, you know, just dumb stuff. But, you know, that's how they make a business and that's how, you know, fear sells. So, you know, when people get into that and so they want you to own their fears, I want you to own their prejudice, I want you to own their troubles.
1: I do want to say we don't throw our brain out so we do know that if there's really treacherous roads that it's, that we, we understand it's, there's common sense, right so just an FYI if, if there's really treacherous roads you know, be looking Is it, if everybody signed up with 94,000 you will get an update if there's anything that changes, okay, with treacherous roads, so do be we, we want to be safe but we definitely don't want fear
0: We're all going to live through it. (laughs) Yes, we are. And so we just got to get rid of that. And one of the ways is we're just going to open up this front area. And if things have been a little seed of pride or fears, you just want to cast that over onto God and let God go to work and maybe bring healing into some of those places. Because a lot of times those issues come into our life because there was a pain, a hurt, something said, something done, a tragedy, and we adopt a a different mentality. It's time to just I'm going to choose the love of God. I'm going to choose the peace of God. And the best way to do that is that you physically have to do something. Because if you just walk away, more than likely, you're not going to deal with it. You physically got to get out of your seat. You got to come. You got to have the courage to just, everyone's going to look at me. Well, it's worth it. And by the way, no one's going to really care. No. And don't listen to the devil because that's the devil's fear, right in that moment. Actually, so
1: you know, and Pastor Greg and I are going to be here at the front. We want to pray with you. Sometimes you just need somebody to hook up in in prayer, and and we're here to pray with you because we're dealing with these are these are heart issues. Like I said, in two weeks we're dealing with abuse and purity. Those are hard issues. But I'm telling you what. I know that I know God wants you free in 2024. God wants you free from pride. God wants you free from fear. Don't, don't allow it to creep in. Don't let it have a, even a little tiny seed. Get rid of it. Get some freedom tonight. You don't have to rush out of here yet. We, we close, we'll think, you know, 830 on these freedom nights. You got 25 minutes to be with God that's awesome. You can sneak out when you need to sneak out, but spend some time with God. And then Pastor Greg and I are available. We want to be here for you. Those watching online, don't just shut this off and then do nothing. Yes, you're not here. I'm sorry. Please come in two weeks. But don't when you shut this off, because it will go off here in a few minutes, you need to spend some time in prayer put on some praise music, talk to God, because this, that's what it's, we can't just teach on it and show the word of God, and then you do nothing about it. The Bible says that's foolishness. We can teach till we're blue in the face, but unless you decide to do something with the teaching and say, okay, God, let's talk about me and you. That's when you have progress and freedom. Amen. Hallelujah! Just
0: bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we just come into this holy moment where you're doing heart work on us, Lord. There's things that have happened in our life, and we've adopted some some ways of thinking that we thought was right. We're not trying to violate you or or be mean or sin. It's not our first intention, but things happen, and we adopt some issues in pride or we get a fearful so we try to control and so lord tonight we want to address that we want to cast that on you we want to ask for forgiveness we want you to walk us through the healing process of those hurts that have happened in our life so that we can be free and leave those things at the altar tonight jesus we ask you to do what you do best soften our heart renew our minds Get us walking in the path where you remove the hills. You fill in those high places and you remove the stones so we can walk straight in the path you have directed us to go. In Jesus' name.